the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a very, very special broadcast about Washington, D.C., everything that's going on there, and everyone. (laughs) I have a a special uh, co-host with me for the entire two-hour broadcast. This is our Come Together San Diego, Washington, D.C. correspondent, and uh, her name is Summer Ingram. Hi, Kaz. It's wonderful to be with you again. Oh, thank you. It's it's our pleasure as well. But I need to tell our listening friends, many of them, because I've communicated with a lot of people who are your friends here in San Diego County, so they're going to be listening. But you have multitudes of friends in San Diego County and beyond, because weren't you uh, a San Diego resident for a while, and then you moved kind of eastward into a place called Washington, D.C.? That's right, yes. I was in San Diego for almost 10 years, actually. And then in 2009, I uh, moved across the nation and started working for an organization called the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation, of which I have been here 11 years now. (laughs) It's been exciting, as we know, in recent days, lots of activity here, but I'm happy to say um, that it's it's peaceful today and lots of prayer happening. So. Oh, oh, there is. We're going to talk about that. My listening friend, she she works a lot of different areas there. She she knows so many people in Washington D.C. Many of them are believers and many are not. But she has a t- chance to do her testimony not only in in word and deed but also lifestyle ministry. Now let's give let's give the qualifying statement here. The words that you're going to be sharing the insights are really the insights of Summer Ingram and not the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation, and that's fine. I would have, I would have it no other way. <laughs> okay. Well, I do encourage people to go to the website, though, cpcfoundation.com, if they want to learn more about um, what I do here. Yeah, so, oh, so give that one more time, would you, slowly, please? Sure. It's www.cpcfoundation.com, as in congressionalprayercaucusfoundation.com. Very good. Let's give the... I've been hoping to get to Washington, D.C., and in fact, probably during this broadcast itself, I will be packing my bags to get on out of here. Um, but is it a safe place to go right now? I, you said it was peaceful. What does that mean when it's not peaceful? What does it look like? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I have no issues with, uh, I, I feel no concern when I'm in D.C. There is <laughs> secret service and police on every corner. Uh, I mean, there's certain areas you don't want to be in, you know, at night and so forth. But overall, National Mall around the monuments and, you know, government buildings, it's it's a safe place. I definitely wouldn't never recommend walking alone necessarily um, at night, but it's it's really a wonderful, safe place. The, the times that it was most volatile and you wanted to be the most careful was when the riots were happening around the White House. And I think everybody saw 
everything that was happening there. That was a trying time. But overall, Washington, D.C. is a safe place. And right now, the environment is peaceful. I will say that September 17th, there's something called the 50-day siege that's going to be happening, um, where it's kind of like the Occupy movement is trying to come in and and um, create some resistance for the White House and the election. But I'm also happy to say that there's a lot of prayer happening as well as a uh, a group of people that have secured Lafayette Park to do prayer uh, to kind of uh, just over in, in, um, provide a means of, of prayer and protection over during that time. But I, I have I would have no concern with you coming here. I feel like it'll be a safe environment. I uh, thank you. I'm, I'm, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. My wife and <laughs> all my friends will go. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, uh, the focus, you know, you turn on the news and Washington, D.C. is the focal point almost every news broadcast. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it has to do with politics, some of it has to do with protesters and things like that. So, I mean, you're, you are in the news mecca of the world. Did you ever? You, I know you're a media person, so how does this impact you knowing that you uh, are a communicator of what you see more than many other people? Well, I'll say I do value information from the source. So that has been a privilege of mine to be in, you know, our specific battles, religious freedom. So I get to be in the meetings with the lawyers, with the, the, the primary sources. So I'm hearing truth from the source, which is very, very um, comforting to me. And also that, you know, the CPCF and just myself in general, I want to make sure that I'm always speaking truth and have the facts yes. correct. So to be in this area and have access to those people has been a tremendous encouragement to me and just a privilege, really. Uh, and, you know, again, there's so much fake news out there that it's a, <laughs> it's a wonderful opportunity to have the the connections here to have be able to speak truth on matters. Exactly. You know, and one of the things I note as we watch television, we realize such a small portion, especially the good news, is restrained from almost all the media networks, a few, a small glorious handful actually are telling it more more or less how it is but with you being kind of behind the scenes i'm sure you have a different perspective and there may be a lot more blue sky and and uh, uh hopeful things going on that we in you know as we click on the radio or the television we don't really get to hear or see about would you speak a little bit to that we have about uh, four minutes left in this segment so elaborate as long as you want Absolutely. Whether it be national issues or state issues, we find that the media will focus on the negative, unfortunately. They're, they're going for, um, you know, they want to, they have an agenda, typically. And so they're really, very rarely going to report on what's actually happening. So it is encouraging to be able to see not only the positive things that this administration has done, but across the board, even in the prayer community, you know, a lot of times we don't hear about all that's happening. There's an incredible undercurrent of movement that's happening in this nation. And even in California this last weekend, there was 12,000 people that gathered at the state capitol. My family's in California. I called them and asked them about it and was talking to them about it. They had no idea because the media didn't cover it. But it's those types of things, whether it be you know, positive, uh, positive advancements to the administration, to you know, just anything positive happening, good people out there that are men and women of integrity in Congress or in leadership positions across the nation, you very rarely hear about uh-huh. those types of things, as well as, again, just the movements of God that are really uh, uh, 
springing up across the nation. So agreed, we, we need to be plugged into the right sources, and hopefully we can be a source of truth and encouragement as well. I like it, Summer Ingram. We're talking with Summer Ingram. She's the Come Together San Diego, Washington, D.C. correspondent, and she's been uh, working with us for the, as long as we've been on the air. Periodically, I give her a call and say, Summer, what's going on? Or I may read one of her Facebook posts, and I go, this this lady is anointed on many different fronts, so we need to give her plenty of time to, to share what's on her heart and in her mind and coming out of her mouth. We want to be able to do those things. So can we devote the next segment, Summer? You talked about uh, uh, the undercurrent of things that are going on there that we that are just trying to pay attention to the news and things like that. We may not get some of the positive spin that you get uh, periodically. Can we spend the next segment talking a little bit about this? We have the whole two-hour broadcast to talk about these things. And, as I understand it, God has given you some keynote scriptures that we're going to use in some of our segments. And if you've ever heard the insights or read the insights of Summer Ingram, you know they're not superficial. You know she takes the word and she goes, and here's what it means to me. And all of a sudden, the words that she shares convicts you or convinces you that we, you know, that we need to rethink some of the things that we embrace. So are you game for the next segment, talking a little bit about some of the positive undercurrent going on in D.C. that we people on the outside may not uh, observe? Absolutely. We'd, we'd love to do that. Very good. Well, one of the things that I've noticed about you is, there, you're. A, you, let me just say, this is a compliment, don't, don't blush, but you're a no-compromise lady. You have a real heart for not only the word, but I have seen uh, and observed your actions uh, in the, as they relate to Israel and the inter- relationship between the United States and Israel. Perhaps we can talk a little bit about that as well. Because, uh, Summer, if you've looked, I'm teasing you now, if you looked in your Bible, you can't come to any other conclusion, is, but that the prophetic things that were spoken of then are in fulfillment now. Isn't that right? Absolutely. I think anybody who may question whether the Bible is real or not can just look at Israel and wonder why there's this timeless, ancient war over this small piece of land. There has to be some kind of truth to this Bible that this ancient people, people that existed, you know, six started existing 6,000 years ago, are now a nation. And there's this, like I said, ancient battle over this piece of land. I think anybody looking from the outside in, has to understand that there's something unique about that that land, and hopefully they'll dig deeper to find out what that is. Well, and hopefully some of your uh, Bible study re- references and verses will actually co- cohabitate with uh, the yesterday and, and the today in Bible history. So we'll talk about those things, and my friends, I hope you're ready. Uh, what I want you to do is open up your notebook and, uh, to, to a blank page, make sure your pencil is sharp or you have an ink pen that has ink in it, and get ready for some of the insights that Summer Ingram is about to ready ready to share with you, and uh, you'll be able to take some of these actually and apply them instantaneously. And we're going to talk about those things and the undercurrent that's going on, the positive stuff that's going on in Washington, D.C., that Summer has a chance to see and share when Summer Ingram and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. And I'm back again with the Washington, D.C. correspondent for Come Together San Diego, Summer Ingram, who does so many different things. She also is 
employed with and working with the uh, Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation. Some of the things that she's sharing is because of her access to many of the things behind the scenes that are going on. We we kind of set the stage in the last segment talking. You talked a little bit about understanding the undercurrents because you have an opportunity to sit into many of the venues and things that we who just click on a TV set or listen to the radio or read a newspaper or a magazine, we only get pieces of the puzzle. So uh, I know that there's a lot more. God's working a lot more behind the scenes than we have the privilege to know about. Summer Ingram, tell us about what's going on behind the scenes as it relates to God and God's stuff. Sure. Well, I'll first talk about some of the things that go on on an ongoing basis, and then I'll emphasize some of the unique opportunities around the election. But in D.C., there is a strong uh, body of believers here that truly have a heart for prayer. We have uh, Jason Hershey, who's leading the 24-7 worship on the National Mall, the David's Tent, that Tabernacle of David concept. And actually, today is their five-year anniversary, September 11th. Five years ago, they started this 24-7 worship, which is just incredible. So, uh, that's, there's also about seven other houses of prayer in the region. There's a number of Christian, right, literally in the D.C. area. Um, there's also a, a number of Christian ministries and uh, people who are doing outreach on a regular basis. Um, in Congress, there's people who are continually praying uh, on site. There's people who go through the halls of all of, you know, either the office buildings or the Capitol itself, praying through the halls of Congress. There's um, members of Congress who are praying every week that they're in session. That's part of what we're associated with, the Congressional Prayer Caucus. It's members of Congress praying in Room 219, which is off, right off the House floor. They pray for the nation. They pray for the decisions that they have to make. They pray for the other members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. They also hold Bible studies. They do prayer walks in the Capitol. They, you know, they literally will bring like 70 people through the Capitol praying on a regular basis uh, into every aspect of of the Capitol and praying for all branches of government. Yes. You know, um, there's, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying there's, that's just really scratching the surface. There's a lot happening on a regular basis. And then, like I said, around the election, there's just an uh, overwhelming amount of prayer that's happening in DC and across the nation and globe. Well, we have, we have uh, one of our San Diego buddies whom you know very well, actually the, the married team, Jim and Rosemary Garlow. They, they, have uh, vested and invested a great deal in uh, Washington, D.C., and the United Nations, and in Israel, and in other, other countries. So uh, their influence in Washington, D.C. has been, is being, and will be felt as well. Any thoughts about what Jim Garlow and his wife Rosemary are doing there? Because there are a lot of people that are listening to this broadcast that know them personally as well. Absolutely. Well, I have to say what an inc- how what a blessing it is to be reconnecting with many of the people that I knew in San Diego on a regular basis. Yes. You know, there's whether it be the Garlows or uh, his sister or all of y'all who come into the city on on a fairly regular basis. But what they're doing is incredible, and they're at the United Nations. They're hosting Bible studies in the Capitol. They're also doing that with members of Congress. You know, with members of um, the United Nations, and then in D.C. members of Congress. Um, they are. They have just a passion to see government leaders encouraged and strengthened, and so they're doing whatever they can to do that on a number of fronts. It's been just a wonderful to be able to connect with them and to see a little bit of what they're doing. And I know it's continuing to grow and expand uh, on many fronts. You know, you mentioned that uh, Jim and Rosemary Garlow are intimately involved not only in Washington, D.C. with the prayer things, but also in, around the U.N. But I, I, the U.N. has been on the top of my mind recently because, Summer, you and I know what's going on in Israel 
amazing things, amazing things, mm-hmm. and uh, peace treaty things with between Israel and the United uh, Arab okay. Emirates. But but the interesting thing is, my understanding is that President Trump is going to be hosting the U, UAE and also Israel in Washington, D.C. a couple days from now. Uh, he's going to be kind of supervising the signing of the U- United uh, Arab Emirates and Israel peace treaty on on the 15th of September at the very same time that the United Nation, Nations begins its, uh, its in-session series as well. Is that amazing or what? God must be saying something, don't you think? Yes, and he actually today was another historic peace treaty between Bahrain. This is, so it's the second Arab country to normalize relations with Israel during this presidency, just a few weeks after the UAE peace treaty. So yes, I mean, this presidency has made historic <laughs> steps as it relates to aligning and bringing peace to the Middle East. I love it. So some other behind-the-scenes things that you can share. Sure. Well, I'd love to highlight some of the things that are happening around the election in case people want to participate. Um, well, first, I'll say that Louisville with the call is called a 40-day fast. But in D.C., there's something called the return that's coming. Jonathan Kahn is kind of the one that's helping to rally uh, people to come to the National Mall, as well as to hold events in the states. And it's all around repentance. Um, so that'll be happening on September 26th. Also on September 26th, Franklin Graham is having a march in Washington, D.C., so he's calling people from all over the nation, I'm sure Globe, for those who'd want to come, to pray, do a prayer march around the city, which is very exciting. Um, there's also a number of global prayer calls and global prayer events that will be happening here uh, in the city. There's something, like I said, called the the, um, um, the 50-Day Fight, which is a 50-day spiritual warfare uh, call to... to um, just cover the last 50 days before the election, and people can look up the 50-day fight to find out more information about that. There's something called the shift that's coming to D.C. in late October. There's the As One rally um, yes. with uh, with um, Lance Wallnow. that will be here October 31st through November 2nd, I believe. Lance Wallnow. There's just a lot. Lance yep. Wallnow. Mm-hmm. What a star. So there's a number. I know, right? He's doing a great <laughs> job helping to inform inform people and then help them to engage, giving them the right perspective on matters and then helping them to engage in a way that's life-giving yes. and nation-changing. So I sure I sure appreciate Lance Wallnow. I, I have to laugh when I listen to him because he, he's not your traditional communicator. I mean, he, he is... No. He, he listens to the Spirit and he just, before the Holy Spirit yes. finishes the sentence, he's quoting the sentence that the Holy Spirit is giving him at the time. I mean, I, I have to laugh because he's so amazing. But he's also self-deprecating in, in a way. He, he, he doesn't have the big pride thing. I mean, he could. I mean, he's a, a genius in his own count and he has some insights that are absolutely amazing. But he, he just tells it factually and if he gets blowback for it, he goes, oh, well. I, I love that. He kind of has the same... Uh, Donald Trump temperament in many ways like that. You know, one of the other things yeah. that I, I I know that uh, Focus on the Family, J- uh, James Dobson, is going to be involved in there uh, in the, shortly as well. Is there any insight on that? You know, I have not heard anything about Focus on the Family or James Dobson doing anything, but I am so glad to hear it, and I'll have to look into that. Yes, I was listening uh, to a Jonathan Kahn interview with him, and I think the two of them are going to be on the mall 
in and around the same time. You know, Dobson always likes to be in the thick of these things because God has got him in a position of authority, and he can speak to and through these things. So, I mean, it's going to be a remarkable time. I'm just thrilled to be there. I'm thrilled to hear that you're going to be there. I think you're going to be like a little honeybee buzzing around from one place to another. I've I've seen you in action. So (laughs) it's going to be great. It's true. Yeah, it's like a big big family reunion. <laughs> uh, yeah, no question about it. We've got about a minute left in this segment. Would you do a favor for me, Summer, here, uh, as a prayer warrior, which y- you live your life as a prayer warrior, would you uh, make a, de- a prayerful declaration over the listeners of this show that God really anoints them and empowers them to be able to hear God's Word and to be able to act on it? And when it comes to politics or in political involvement, not to shy away from that, you've got about a minute. Yes, Lord, I thank you that you call us to prayer and action. You've called us to occupy until you return. You've called us to represent you well. And so we are, I'm praying right now, Father, that those who are listening will receive uh, an, a, a mandate on their heart, God, that you would stir their hearts to desire to press into you, first and foremost, to keep you as their first love, but yes. also to hear the strategies of heaven in this time to help positively impact their communities, their state, and their nation. Fill them with hope. Fill them with your with heaven's perspective in this time to see what you're seeing, to not look at the polls, to not look at anything other than what you're saying, and then to move on that. We pray for unity in this time. We pray for faith. We pray for strategic action and for this to extend past the election, that your people would become a people of prayer and action in the days ahead. Teach us how to occupy and to make to be forces for good in this nation and in the earth. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Summer Ingram, our Washington, D.C. correspondent, she's going to open up Scripture and give you some of the things that have stood out to her when Summer Ingram and I come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Joel Lieberman from Tree of Life Messianic Jewish Congregation. Lord, we just do lift up the entire region of San Diego from Vista to Chula Vista. Lord, it says in the Psalms, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. We pray a spirit of unity over our city in the name of Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew. Amen. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. And I'm back, but I am not alone. Oh, no, I have our Washington, D.C. correspondent, Summer Ingram, contacting us from, actually, the Washington, D.C. area right now. And she uh, and I are having fun excavating truths, aren't we, Summer Ingram? We are. We absolutely are. And I, I know one of the things when we talked about this show, you said, you know, I've been, I track you on your Facebook as well, and you almost always have a scripture nugget that you want to share with other people. And I want to make sure that our friends have an opportunity to glean some of the value of these, uh, these, these, you know, uh, uh, Facebook posts and some of the other things that you've shared uh, on the Facebook post. And one of the things that I was drawn by is your insights regarding Jeremiah 18. I'm going to hand it over to you, chapter 18 and beyond. I'm going to hand it over to you to set the stage. And, of course, you couldn't stop me if you tried uh, doing color commentary. Summer Ingram, go ahead. <laughs> Please do. Well, you know, I hope to encourage people because we, we, rem- we have to remember that we don't, 
live according to a natural world. We live according to our kingdom. And we know that as part of this kingdom, we serve a God who has certain spiritual principles that are timeless. And so as we look at our nation, a nation that was dedicated to God, really, by our founders, and every generation, my understanding is every generation has kind of renewed that covenant. I know that our generation has as well, asking God to be the God of our nation. Our, uh, it very clearly says in uh, on the Library of Congress website that our founders, again, not, not perfect, but they were deeply religious men who desired, a, they believed in covenant theology and asked God to be the God of this nation. So they believed when there were wars, when they believed that there was... Um, famines and, you know, just challenges that they, it was a time to turn to God in repentance. And so there was a number, over a hundred or more uh, national calls to prayer, fasting, and repentance in this nation alone in order to seek God to heal this nation. So as we, you know, look to Jeremiah, we see the principles, these very principles that our founders look to, we can find, obviously, in Scripture. In Jeremiah 18, I feel like um, 7 and 8 is, is again, just the, how it extends it shows how a nation that has has been chosen by God or has chosen God um, has held to a different level of um, standard, different standard. Mm-hmm. So I want to read Jeremiah 18. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, they will then I will relent and not inflict on it disaster as I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. And what scripture, what, what, what verses are you reading right now? Summer? That's Jeremiah 18, 7 and 8. Okay, 7 and 8. Go ahead. Yeah, so we know that Jeremiah spent 40 years trying to convince Israel to turn back to God, and he was just warning and warning and warning for them to repent of their idolatry and yes. their sinful ways. And I, I just hope that this this scripture helps people to understand that God is a God who is long-suffering and merciful. He desires to heal nations, but he does have a formula for which it needs to happen. And once we, you know, we see throughout Scripture, when God's people repented, when they turned from their wicked ways, that God relented and and um, and, and and brought restoration and healing to the nation. And when they didn't, there was destruction. And the destruction came in the form of natural disasters. It came through attacks from foreign nation. It came from infiltration. There was a number of ways that Israel was... Um, would you say those oppressed. would you say those things slowly but as you say these things slowly my friend I want you to consider the news today we're in we're in southern california so there are fires raging there are protests raging there's a, 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 a unstillness throughout this nation uh, and one person against another person ask yourself if there's something that we can do uh, ourselves between us and the lord to turn our hearts to him so he says okay I have a people that are willing to do this, I will work on behalf of this agreeable, heartfelt people. Right now, I mean, maybe he may be looking at the United States and going, oh, so very few people really care much about what I really want. They're willing to do lip service and a little, a little uh, gratitude, uh, uh, you know, a gracious action here or there, but their whole lives are turned the other direction. Speak a little bit to that, because this is the heart of Jeremiah. The we-, we wonder why he's called the weeping prophet, because because people just wouldn't really receive him. Isn't that right, Summer? That's right. I mean, he was he was crying out for the people to turn to God, helping them to see their sinful ways, helping them to understand that God will 
heal the nation if they turn, and that there was destruction coming if they didn't come. I mean, it's again, he spent 40 years warning and warning and warning, and unfortunately, they did not respond well yes. in these situations. Well, you you uh, so mentioned a few. You, you, pardon me for one second. You mentioned a few things, and some of those things like the plagues and fires and other and and turbulence and things like that. Those are things that the United States is experiencing right now. So I think it's time for us to open our eyes and say, Lord, whatever you want, we need to acquiesce to you and and give our whole heart and lives over to you. Thoughts on those things, Summer, as you continue to reflect on Jeremiah 18? Well, I just think it's important for Christians to realize that when there's natural disasters, it's a spiritual solution. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind, but instead of us fearing these, these things and feeling like it's hopeless, the response is to turn back to God, to repent and to ask him to forgive us and ask him to heal our land. And that healing comes in various forms, um, but he can save this nation. We see in uh, Zechariah 3 where Joshua went before the angel of the Lord and, and literally in one day, God heard, you know, they, he, he rep- Joshua had repented and basically he was standing in for the sins of the nation. And God gave him new, removed his filthy garments, removed his filthy turban, put on a new turban and royal garments, which basically represented God relenting and and removing the iniquity from the nation in a day and restoring the nation. So yes, it can it happen quickly. Really happen. It yes. happened quickly. It can, God can save a nation in a day if His people were turned to Him and be willing to restore covenant, be willing to keep Him first, be willing to do, you know, what it is that He requires in order for a nation to remain a blessed nation. Wow. You know, as I strolled through Jeremiah, there are a couple of things that stood out, and I want your insights on this. Uh, you started at verse seven, I think, but in verse six, Jeremiah says, "Oh, the Scripture says, oh, oh God speaking with Jeremiah, O house of Israel, can I, I can, uh, cannot I do with you as a potter? And he talks about the potter uh, and the potter's wheel and the and the clay and the potter's hand. And, and it's kind of like Israel was rebellious in light of that. And he, he you know, he's remorseful about uh, Israel's response. But then in verse eleven, he's talking about the house of Judah. And now, therefore, to you I speak, O men of Judah. So he's talking about Israel and Judah. So within the nation of Israel, uh, there are two different uh, subcategories, if you will. I hate to use that word, but that's the best I can come up with. There are those of Judah and those of Israel. In other words, there are those of the Judah and Benjamin, the two tribes, and there are those of uh, Israel, the uh, ten tribes. And each one of them has have their own uh, pluses and minuses, sadly, most of them are minuses. Would you like to speak to that? Because in, in the United States, there's a, there's a natural and supernatural division between those who em, embrace, you know, kind of the broad brushstroke of God and godliness, and there are those whom I call the Judites who dig a little bit more deeply. It's sad that there has to be a separation, but it's not God-ordained separation. It's a man-ordained comfort zone. Would you like to speak a little bit to that? We have a couple minutes left. Well, you know, I think you you actually did a good job giving some insight <laughs> on that. One one thing that I want to mention, though, is that a lot of people will think that some of these timeless principles, again, the warnings and even the Second Chronicles seven fourteen formula of repentance and turning from our wicked ways, that they think that's only for Israel, not for Gentile nations. But mm-hmm. I love in uh, where it talks about where God saved Nineveh. You know, it was the capital of Assyria at the time, and you know you know very well. But it was actually God 
called Jonah to go to Nineveh, these Gentile, this Gentile nation, to repent, and God relented. God spared that nation, and I just wanted to say that as a means to help people to understand that it's these these principles work not only for Israel, which is God's the apple of God's eye, but also for Gentile nations, and that's why we consider this nation as a nation that God will hear our cries. We've seen it time and again, actually, where our nation has repented, our leaders have repented, and where He has spared us when we deserve uh, calamity. Yes, yes, yes. You know, my listening friend, uh, some, I've looked at some of the scriptures she wants to deal with. Most of them deal in one way or another similar to this topic. It's basically what we need to do as believers to turn away from our ways and embrace Him. And a lot of these scriptures are going to be very uh, insightful for you, but they're also going to be ministerial ministerial to you. It's going to, they're going to change the way you look at things because Summer uh, doesn't go superficial very often. She goes deep. She goes deeply. And so I, I was excited to have her on because she's going to give some uh, insights on some of these scriptures uh, that you are going to want to live your life by. Summer, we're out of time in this segment, but we're going to talk about more of your favorite scriptures. And one of my favorite scriptures found in the book of Habakkuk or Hab- Hab- Habakkuk, you know, I have some Jewish friends, they, they pronounce it in many different ways, and I have to go, well, you know, I just, I just get close. But I know your name is called Summer, and so we're going to, Summer and I are going to talk about uh, things, not only in the book of Habakkuk, or, or Habakkuk, we're going to talk about how all these things have everything to do with you and me, not yesterday only, but today and into the future. Isn't that right, Summer Ingram? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so Summer and I will be right back. Together, San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And yes, I'm back with Summer Ingram, our Washington, D.C. correspondent, but she's a, a, a vigilant student of the Bible. So I thought we'd devote a little bit of time to uh, allow Summer to take her shovel and hoe and get into the depth of the things. And in, in the last segment, we talked about Jeremiah 18. But a lot of the content that we're going to be sharing, and I've looked at some of the scriptures that, that uh, Summer wants to talk about, they really deal with we believers and what we need to do where we are right now and what we need not to do. A lot of the things have to do with dealing with and within the midst of calamity times and things like that. I'm going to hand the baton to you because I think you want to uh, speak a little bit more about Jeremiah, but about a, a you know a handful of other prophets as well, including the prophet of Amos. Well, Kaz, you know I, I am bringing these scriptures because the Lord's really been putting these on my heart in my time of prayer, and I'm all about prayer and action. I know that we're all about prayer and action. We realize it's important to exercise our civic responsibilities. We need to be informed. We need to know who we're voting for. We need to vote. We need to vote values. We need to engage in the public square. We need to be a voice of truth and and you know make sure that we're using our resources, our, our, um, our, our, again, our voice really to, to advocate for our values. But the Lord keeps putting on my heart that it's, we need to start in that place of repentance first in order to see really what we need to see done before this election occur. It's going to take God's people turning to Him. And so what's the difference so, again, between prayer and repentance? Give that to our listeners. Prayer versus well, repentance. Prayer, Prayer, again, there's many different types of prayers. You know, there's um, supplication and, you know, literally asking. There's declarations. There's all different types of prayers. It's coming before the Lord and asking Him in, in a variety of ways and means to to do something. But repentance is really 
turning and, and going humbly before the Lord and, and acknowledging the sin, you know, whether it be personal sin or sin of the nation and realizing, God, we can't survive without you. We need divine intervention. We have, we have uh, turned against you. We have cast off, you know, our godly heritage or our biblical values. We as a nation have turned against you and embraced idols. We have done, it's, it's whatever the Lord puts on the heart, but essentially is coming before him and saying, God, we desperately need you. We have sinned. We are so far gone. There's no help. We can't, we can mobilize until we turn blue. We need you, a divine intervention. And it's going to come only through a divine reset that comes through God's people seeking God's face in this time to see what it is that he needs done for the bulbs to tip and for there to be a turnaround in this nation. Yes. So, and then we talked about... uh, well, one of the things, you know, it amazes me that, you know, we think we read the Bible and we go, that was interesting back in those days without looking in the mirror. The things, the threat, the threats that uh, Israel and, and, and Judah posed to the Lord and the Lord's plans uh, are fresh and new today as they are back then. We still have that human uh, tendency. We even have that uh, the tendency for those of us who are trying to be godly. We still have the ramifications of uh, the evil uh, components that uh, those who pursued God in the Old Testament did, and even in the New Testament as well. It's it's like we each generation has an opportunity to either combat or uh, combat the godlessness or fall prey to it. And here we are in a similar cycle right now, as was happening in the days of Jeremiah, as was happening in the days and times of Amos as well. So I thought I'd use that to have you set the stage to talk about the prophet Amos as well as Jeremiah. Summer. Sure. Well, again, I love that Scripture says there's nothing new under the sun, and I sincerely (laughs) wish that we would learn from our past. We would learn from Scripture, because it's clear there's these cycles where God delivers people, He restores covenant, He gives His law, He, He has a certain way, and things are good until the people start casting aside His principles, His ways, losing love for him and so forth, and then it's just like this vicious cycle of oppression and deliverance, you know, oppression and then deliverance. So if we could just learn from that, that would be fantastic, and uh, stay faithful to him day in and day out, that would be amazing. But we're not in that place right now. So what we're finding in order to get to that place is to, again, the war- I mentioned, we mentioned in the last segment, the warning really, Jeremiah 18, 7 and 8, where it talks about when God has announced a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed. If the nation repents, then he will repent. Um, what, as I was reading the scripture, the other scripture that came to mind as the solution is Second Chronicles 7.14. Oh, yes. If Everybody's heard this a million times. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, not temporarily, but permanently, um, then I will hear from heaven, it will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. So God warns, he warns. And again, in this nation, we are seeing all the warning signs that we desperately need to turn to him, that we are in a critical place. But the solution is not, again, mobilization, it's not stronger armies, it's not anything that like that. It is turning to him in sincere repentance and asking him to forgive our sin and to heal this land. And, you know, people say it's too difficult, it's too hard, it's too late for America. We are, uh, you know, it's we're just too far gone. Again, the example that came to mind was Zechariah 3.10, 
where in one day God removed the iniquity of Israel and restored that nation. He that's what he comes that's who he is. He's we know Isaiah um sixty one Isaiah sixty Isaiah sixty one where it talks about you know what he came to do and part of that is repair of the breach, restore of the foundations. He longs to heal and restore people and nations. And so he can do it in a day. It's not too hard for him. It's just a matter of his people responding in a way that is sincere and that will and that will move his heart. The other scripture that came to mind as I again was kind of going through this was was an example of restoration, Amos nine eleven fifteen. And that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins and I I will build it as in the days of old. So again, there was repentance, and what God started, what He did first here was raise up the tabernacle of David, which I know is near and dear to your heart. Oh, that, it is that, that harp and bowl worship, um, which we are seeing uh, again in Israel and in Washington D.C. Five That's... years ago, God gave us a tabernacle of David, literally a David's tent, which you've been to. I've yes, been to many yes. of the San Diego listeners have been to. That is just a holy place, and you know it's a sign of hope for our nation uh, that God wants to restore this nation, that God wants to, to bring healing to this nation if his people will pray. Yes. I don't, would you like to pray or speak more to the Tabernacle of David well, and the significance uh, of that in this hour? Yeah, I track uh, Jason Hershey. He's the guy that God has stirred to actually do this, and he's been, you say now, five years. I, I was not aware it was five years. I knew it was a number of years, but that's amazing. 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the spirit of the Tabernacle of David during King David's 40-year reign when he when he was actually in uh, Israel, actually in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. That was the last 33 of his 40-year reign, and he had the little tent, little small tent that housed the the Ark of the Covenant, and that was right on the top of Mount Zion, and they worshiped and praised the Lord vigilantly and uh, without stop, 24-7. Can you believe that? And God says he wants mm-hmm. to build again that that structure, but some some people will, will, will have problems with, the, with that structure, but I would say this. If you have problems with it, because I believe both. I believe it's not only going to be a literal structure, as you're seeing manifest in Washington, D.C., but it's also the structure of our hearts, each one of us is a, is a tabernacle of sorts. So that's, he wants to build again his people as well. Some of you want to uh, talk, by the way, by the way, uh, I've been tracking Jason Hershey, who's a friend of both Summers and mine, and he's go- undergoing some challenges. There's some spiritual attacks. I'm not going to be, at, I'm not at liberty to share exactly what's going on with him, but he needs your prayer. So if you, if you, if, if uh, David's tent in Washington, D.C. comes to mind, be praying for this man because he, he's put it all out there. He's put it all out there and he's got a, a dedicated team of worship and prayer people. We have come from California and uh, kind of been involved in the tent uh, worship and praise. So be in prayer for him, if you would. Summer? Sure. Well, I would just mention, too, that if anybody wants to sign up to lead worship there, that they're welcome to contact um, David's Tent. And it's davidstentdc.com, I believe, that they can access that. But Again, I just hope that this information, that these scriptures give people hope that it doesn't matter how dark it looks, how bad it looks, there's no nation too far gone, that God is wanting to relent. God is wanting to save this nation if God's people will pray. He wants to see America endure as a city on a hill, as a beacon of freedom, to fulfill her destiny, which is to help bring gospel to the gospel to the nations. You know, when Robert Hunt um, came with the Virginia um, came and landed in uh, in Virginia Beach area, 
there his the first thing they did was plan a cross and dedicate this nation to spreading the gospel to the nations. Well, isn't that date uh, isn't that date coming up very soon as well? When the, when the, 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 there was the landing uh in the United States uh, I, I think the first that, landing Well, the, I think know, it, I, it was there's something that has to do with the uh, the people landing in in the in the United States on or on or, or around the fifteenth of September. I mean, this, I mean, what what I'm saying to you is this day, this date, and this time has many many uh, different uh, wonderful godly things happening in it, and we need to be paying close attention because this time around it may have very many godly uh, vital things as well. But we need to be part of it. Summer, it's time for us to take a break here. I'm going to continue the flow because I like what Holy Spirit is doing through you and how he's stirring you in this. So we're going to continue talking about scripture and your insights because Summer Ingram and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, KPraise. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on KPraise. Hello, my friends, and back again with the illustrious Washington, D.C. correspondent named Summer Ingram. <laughs> Go ahead, Summer. <laughs> Thanks, Kaz. We've just kind of been talking about, you know, the need for repentance and then restoration. But now, you know, we're talking more about even how to kind of occupy, if you will. And as people of God living in this nation where we're seeing, you know, we're overwhelmed with negative reports on the news and things. I just want to remind people that this is our time to pray the news, not be overwhelmed with the news, not be fearful when we see all that's happening. You know, we we see that there's um, all kinds of issues and concerns with an integrous election, or we understand that there's people like George Soros that have hundreds of organizations that he's behind or funding that are working to undermine our elections or undermine our constitutional republic. At times, it feels like we're, it's, it's overwhelming. It's like, how do we actually stop or see all of this? these types of efforts thwarted? And some of the scriptures that came to mind that I hope people will be encouraged by, or maybe they um, just need a refresher, is Job 5.12, where it says, He thwarts the plans of the crafty so that their hands achieve no success. Um, there's a number of scriptures where, um, you know, it just talks about thwarting the plans of the enemy. And, of course, yes. Psalm 91 is a good one to pray for protection as well. But it's it's just a reminder that even though there is a lot of activity that we need, it's important to be aware how both kingdoms are advancing, but to remember that we serve a God who intervenes in real time. It is not too difficult for him to intervene, but the key is for us to be praying unceasingly, to be joining together in personal prayer, you know, to daily be praying uh, over our own selves and our family, the workplaces, neighbors, and so forth, are joining corporately in prayer as well, and agreeing that for these types of, uh, agreeing over these types of scriptures that God would pl- uh, thwart the plans of the crafty so that their, their hands achieve no success. 
And we know that, again, it's a, we don't fight, uh, battle against flesh and blood. We're battling against powers and principalities and things in, in the unseen realm. So as we're praying, we're asking God to intervene. He's releasing uh, help, the help that's needed in order to intervene to thwart these plans. I love Second Chronicles 20, too. You know, our weapons are not conventional. Second Chronicles 20, it's Jehoshaphat going out to war. First they called repentance, turned to the Lord for help, and then they went out to battle with broken cisterns. It was like they were worshiping. I mean, that's not the way you go against mighty armies, but that's what God said to do. And so they went out worshiping. They went out with these unconventional weapons, and God intervened, caused confusion in the enemy's camp, and they ended up destroying themselves. So all that to say, you know, as we're looking at the world around us, we don't need to fear. We just need to continue to pray and ask God to intervene and to ask him what our part is in that. Yes. You know, we want to consistently be prayed up, but also worshiping. We want to be um, praying these scriptures, asking God to divinely intervene and to destroy the works of darkness, not mm. people, but the works of darkness who are working behind people um, to uh, and causing those plans to fail every time. Oh, I like it. And you know, my friends, if you stroll through scripture, it doesn't take long for you to realize that God loves to thwart the plans of man, especially those plans which are adverse to his plans. In fact, he kind of, the Bible talks about him uh, laughing at, you know, the, the best efforts of the enemy. He just, he just laughs. He goes, is that all you got? <laughs> well, let me show you yeah. this. You know, I mean, I mean, it's just amazing. And I think, you, you know, Summer has some great insights there about praying. Uh, you used the word about praying the news. Why don't you describe a little bit, because that's a remarkable statement. What does it mean to pray the news? Well, you know, when we see things occurring, whether it be riots or, um, you know, anything that we're seeing that's negative, we can pray for the situation. We can ask God to intervene, to bring peace, you know, bind in the spirit of division. We're called to pull down strongholds, to bind and to loose. We're called, you know, we again have spiritual weapons that can help impact the natural. So as we see things happening, we pray for our leaders. Um, we pray for, you know, again, in the case of the riots, we bind the spirits of division. We lose peace and, and pray for unity and healing. We um, pray for no harm to be done. We pray for uh, God's peace that surpasses all understanding to be settling. We, you know, we pray into those things rather than being like, oh, my gosh, this could be coming to my city, or I need to fear, what do I do? It's more like, no. Not on our watch, Lord. We're asking for you to intervene. We're, we're praying peace over these situations. We're binding that spirit of division, and we're loosing a spirit of unity. We're loosing a spirit of peace and declaring, God, that your plans and purposes prevail over these situations. And again, just w- it, it, we can list any number of situations that we could either be overwhelmed with, we could be overwhelmed with, frankly, but instead of letting that fear seep in and paralyze us, we pray and declare with the power and the authority that the risen Christ has given us to see those situations change. And it can be by yourself. It can be with your family. It can be getting on the phone with somebody. It can be calling a prayer group together, whatever it may be. But we have power. We have authority. We don't need to acquiesce to darkness. We need to be the ones who are influencing, whether it be in positions of influence or in the spirit realm. Yes, yes, yes. Summer, you know, one of the the things that uh, strikes me when you talk about the the Second Chronicles verse about if my people who are prayed by my name, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Remarkable scripture, but really it doesn't take the entire population of the United States. It doesn't even take all those who 
proclaim Christ, it needs to, there has to be a vital remnant at least who are willing to just say whatever it takes. You know, we're going to go the, the full distance. It reminds me of Caleb and Joshua when the other ten tribal leaders said, "No, we can't." But Joshua and Caleb said, yes, we're able to take the land. Now, if if that heart cry of Joshua and Caleb uh, were alive and well today, and I believe it is, that it, this is very infectious in a very positive way. That positive attitude of those who are willing to say, oh, I'm going to stand on the front line, and Summer Ingram is one of them, by the way. Those who stand, are willing to stand on the front line, then it stirs courage with those who are kind of meek and behind the lines going, if they can do it, we can do it. And all of a sudden, God's church becomes his church, and the world uh, not only takes notice, but the enemy has to leave when, you know, when the standard is raised against them. The, the enemy uh, uh, abandons their post, basically, when God's standard is raised. Uh, we've got about a minute or so left in this segment. How do you want to close this segment? Because we, I, I think in, in a very real sense, if we step back summer, we've kind of lit the fire of God's anointing here, and I'm interested to see where you and and the Holy Spirit burn with this in the next segments. Any quick thoughts as, as we go into the other things? Let me, let me get a, can I can I start, can I help close this with one scripture dealing with Job, and then have you have a, a brief input on this? You know, is that okay? Yes, please. Yes. Because as I've mentioned, you're not a guest; you're a co-host. So so you can say, Kaz. Let's go in a different direction. Okay, okay, Summer, because you're a co-host, you have that freedom to be able to do that. But let me give you a scripture, my friend. We're talking about the book of Job, and it really does have solid gold within it if you read it with an open heart. But in Psalm 42.10, this is my favorite scripture in all of Job. You know, Job was going through the maladies and the things like that that seemed contrary to his relationship with the Lord, and he was confused. But here's what the scripture says that is very pertinent and key. It says in John, I mean, sorry, Job 42.10, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Do you realize when Job started stopped complaining about all the things that were going against him, when he reached out and prayed for those who were in sur- surrounding him, even the naysayers, God took that as, a, his, as Job's faithfulness, and he healed Job, and he gave him twice as much as he had before. A uh, quick thought, and then we will go to a break, and you can continue it on the other side of the commercials. Summer Ingram. Well, I think, I think that's a great um, reminder. And, you know, in America, we are so even in the midst of these challenges, we are still tremendously blessed. We are still, compared to other nations, we are still tremendously blessed. As we continue to remain in that posture of thanksgiving, you know, praying for those around us and asking God to help our neighbor and help those who are hurting or help our family members, um, it does not only keep our heart right, um, and it does release blessing on us and our neighbors, but it just helps us to remember that things can always be so much worse. Yes. And so we can give thanks to God in the midst that he is, you know, continuing to bless and protect us and that things are not worse and asking him for to continue to uh, intervene to make sure that uh, we're doing our part, whatever yes. that looks like. But I, I like it. Summer, would you, would you, on the next, as the beginning of the next segment, I'm not sure where Holy Spirit wants you to go, but would you start it with a declaration to our listeners uh, about having the hope and being with one another and having a repentant heart as well as we begin the next segment? Yes, absolutely. Okay, there you have it from Summer Ingram. So don't go away because Summer and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. 
Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Man, oh man, my friends, this two-hour broadcast for Come Together San Diego is going swiftly, and I I would like to blame somebody for that. Her name is uh, Summer Ingram. And uh, it's your fault for it going so quickly because you have enticing things to say, and we gravitate towards that wisdom. Summer Ingram is the D.C. correspondent in Washington, D.C. for us on Come Together San Diego. So I'd like to tease her just a little bit. But so I, she, she, she handles my teases okay. Summer, it's good to have you. And, and at the close of the previous segment, we talked about you saying a prayer over our listeners based on what They've gleaned so far and launched into other things as well. Would you be so kind, Summer Ingram? Absolutely. Well, Father, we, again, thank you that you are a God of mercy, that you desire mercy over judgment. And, Lord, as we hear your, we see the warnings. We hear the warnings, God. We pray that each and every one of us would hear and do our part. God, that you would give, again, stir in each and every one of us what it is that you need us to do in order to move your heart to see the bull's tip in this nation. Lord, I pray that everybody listening would be would be uh, convicted and, and just feel the, the need to press into you, to seek your faith on behalf of this nation, realizing that we are at a critical point and that we need to stand in, together as one to, um, to, in order to see this nation endure. Father, I pray that we would be motivated with a, a desire to remain a nation that honors you, but also to remember the next generation and be dedicated and determined to help raise, uh, to be a nation that, that protects the innocence of children and just does what it is required in order for us to be a nation that honors you in all things, in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. We do. You know, one of the key factors to keep us from from obeying God and honoring Him is we have just an unnecessary fear of things that are going on in front of our eyes. So it's basically a matter of where our eyes are trained. You know, know, look to, to the hills from which comes your help. That's where the Lord comes from. He comes from the heights of seeing things in a different perspective. So... um I think that fear is, is is a very dangerous element here to keep us actually from that in, intimacy. Wouldn't you say so as well, Summer? Yes, absolutely. There's, where there's no faith, there's fear. We know that faith is the currency of heaven. We need faith in order for God to move. So when there's fear, it paralyzes people. We don't. It means we don't trust God. We don't trust Him with our future. We don't trust Him with our lives. And that does prevent that, that desire to press into Him, which is... Um, a, a big problem. Yes, it is. But I, I have to laugh because this is one of the, the keynote topics that you always deal with for people because, you know, you, you have a heart cry for people. You know what's going on in, in the natural and the spiritual as well. And I've, I've seen how you deal with people that have this fear issue. And I know that you have a scripture or two that really specifically tie to this. So I'm going to hand the baton back to you, Summer, and uh, minister using scripture or Holy Spirit direction, however you are led. Lay it on us. Sure. Well, uh, the Lord convicted me at one point because there's so many scriptures, over 300, I believe, that say that address not fearing. And it's something that he he requires of us. Again, faith is the currency of heaven. He desires for us to run to him, to be our strong tower, to trust him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge me in all of your ways, and I will direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We know that he He wants us to trust him, and that's why a lot of times he allows shaking, because it's in those times we cling to him, we turn to him, and we see his faithfulness. 
but as we are, you know, are looking at our nation, I, I want, I'm hoping that people will cast off fear, realizing that we have the risen Christ within us. We have the victorious risen Christ within us. And there is a time of prayer. There is a time of repentance. There is, you know, all of that is absolutely necessary. But we also need the kingdom mindset that we understand that we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. We have come into alignment and receive an inheritance that is beyond powerful. Our identity as sons and daughters of the King of Kings means that we have been given his authority. We have been given, he has all power, all authority in heaven and earth, and he has given us that authority has given us keys to the kingdom, you know, to, to bind and to loose, to do those things. So, you know, God does not want us to fear. He wants us to remember that we're part of a victorious family. He has died to, to give us victory. He came, it says in 1 John 3, 8, to destroy the works of the devil. That is why he came, and that is, that is who we serve. So as we remember that as sons and daughters of the kings of kings, that we that. Um, he's given us keys. You know, he has all authority in heaven and earth, and he has given us those keys. And as we seek him, he'll continue to teach us how to use those keys to make an impact. You know, there's a lot of Christians that feel like it, it's too hard, it's too late. You know, there a lot of times they feel like faith or their salvation is just a ticket to heaven, when really we are supposed to be a kingdom people. We're supposed to be here influencing and impacting and again, when people think it's too hard, we have to look to the early church. Kazan, you know very, very well that Jesus came came one of the darkest times. The, the church was birthed in one of the darkest times. Persecution was extremely high. I mean, to be a Christian under pagan Rome was very, very dangerous. Burning at the stake. I mean, we know stonings. I mean, all of the stories that we read of in the Bible. But yet the church, the, the apostles, the disciples, continue to do the work of the kingdom, and Christianity spread. And here we are over 2,000 years later, and Christianity is, is the largest religion in the world. I don't even like to use the word word religion, but essentially it is thriving. And that is because uh, this, this faith that we have is powerful. It's not something to be hidden. It's not something that we um, just need to think again as a ticket to heaven this is something that has been we're made to impact and influence to change the atmosphere to change cities and nations with the authority that's been given us so i just i'm hoping that people will realize we're not called to acquiesce to evil or to darkness we're not called to put our head in the sand or stay within the four walls you know the bible talks about us uh, being the ones who turn the battle back at the gates we are to be the ones who um, are are fearless and courageous, who are bold, who are speaking truth, who are loving people, loving our neighbor, love, you know, remembering that we have a mandate to steward well the earth, but also to love the people around us and, and bring in a great harvest. We want to empty darkness and populate heaven. <laughs> we can't do that if we're fearful. We want, we have to be full of faith and remember why we're here and remember who is within us, the victorious, you know, the Holy Spirit that, um, was given by our risen Christ, who is now seated in heavenly places. Yes. Um, so it's a, it's a, we have a victorious, we need a victorious mindset, realizing that we are the head and not the tail, that the kingdom of God is advancing and it will not be stopped. I like it. You know, you made a comment here, and that this is something that we have to revisit, my friends. You know, we sometimes we just get up and we go, okay, this is my day and this is what my day looks like. But God's saying, I want you to understand why you're here. You're not here necessarily to 
function in the way you think you are. I'm going to put opportunities in your path all through the day, whether it's within your work environment, whether you're heading home or in your family or your next door neighbors, whatever it is. He says, I've built you to have these interactions. And if you want to just do what you do and then go hide away, you're not being used as my tool that I have planned for these days. Why are you here? Are you here to do the things that you want to do? Are you really here committed to do the things that I want to do through you? And so, Summer, I'm going to um, allow you to speak to that if you would like and have a closing statement for here, and then we're going to dive into so many other things. One of the favorite scriptures is yours and mine. is found in It talks about unity in the body of Christ in John 17. We're going to excavate that in the next segment. But anything you want to share here to kind of jump out of that? Because you made a comment, why are we here, or why are you here? And so... Speak to that, would you? Sure. Well, I love um, where Nehemiah, you know, they're rebuilding the wall. I just feel like that's such a good example for us in these days in which we live, because here they are, they've been released into their land to rebuild the walls. But as they as they start building, and you know that they're building with one hand and fighting with the other because <laughs> the opposition was so great. They didn't know how long it was going to take. They just knew they had this blessing, this opportunity to rebuild the walls and they, as they go to do that faithfully, the opposition was so intense that they could have stopped. Had they stopped, there would have been a great delay, and who knows what would have happened. But they persevered. They doubled down. They determined to bind together, to keep building, to keep fighting. And within 52 days, a remarkable amount of time, those walls were rebuilt. And so it's just, a, again, just a reminder that it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy, but we have power and authority. And as we continue to build together and stand mm. strong in faith and just endure faithfully with God, you know, realizing we have, been, we have something to steward here that is a great gift from God. We just need to continue to rely on Him and build together, and He could literally do miraculous things overnight yes, yes, in yes. our nation. We're going to talk about some of those miraculous things that God can do overnight, but it's not you alone. My friend, it's not you alone. It is we instead of thee. And so Summer and I are going to talk about that in uh, the next segment uh, when we come right back. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Come together, San Diego, with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. And we're back again with Summer Ingram, the Washington, D.C. correspondent, who has so many insights, it's unbelievable. So allow me to hand the baton to Summer Ingram, and let's see where Holy Spirit and she goes, shall we? Thanks, Kaz. Well, you know, as we know, there's two prayers, really, that Jesus made. One, we know, is um, the Lord's Prayer. And then the other one is John 17, where he's saying, my prayer is that you will be one as me and the Father are one, essentially. And unity, I mean, unity is his heart's cry, and he's saying that, you know, they will, the world will know us by our love, but also when we are united, which indicates that there is such a, uh, the norm is division, the norm is friction, and um, there's, uh, what I like to remind people, because we are in a spiritual battle, and we are, this is something I remind myself constantly, we are in a spiritual battle, the tactics of the enemy are not new, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he comes to, to divide, and so, when we understand these types of things, when we're extra alert to these types of things, and that God's heart cry for the church is unity, that we have to do whatever it takes, be so dead to ourselves, so that we, we do not allow those tactics to work, to divide us, to um, 
to again cause cause the destruction that the enemy wants to bring. Um, Psalm 133 says how pleasant, how good and pleasant it is when the brothers live in unity. It's like fine oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard over the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon falling on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has bestowed the blessing of life forevermore. When God's people dwell in unity, he commands a blessing. Commands so, a blessing. Again, it's, My. He commands a blessing, yes. And we're seeing in this time... In our nation, not only are we being separated by COVID, but there's the the call for you know racial divisions. There's just so much. Um, uh, there's such an effort to divide people and the church as a whole. And so, the more that we can recognize those tactics and say, you know what, I'm not going to give into those tactics. I'm going to submit to God. I'm going to choose to forgive. I'm going to choose to love. I'm going to abound in love and say, we have to come together. We have to persevere. Our enemy is not flesh and blood, my brother or my sister, the enemy is a spiritual force that is trying to destroy us, destroy our families, destroy our nation. And so my prayer is that we would all be extra alert to the tactics of the enemy every single day, again, putting on our armor, being prayed up, being so dead to our own agendas that we'll be able to bind together and submit to God, resist those tactics, and see God command a blessing on the church and the blessing on our nation. Hallelujah, Summer Ingram. You know my heart about unity in the body of Christ. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And when you were talking, God gave me a little phrase. I pay close attention. You know, I kind of like to mess around. I'm a wordsmith, so I like to hear words in the common denominators between one word and another. So he dumped something into my spirit. I'm going to share it with our listening people here and have you give us insights as well. Um, First of all, you know that the enemy has at least a two-pronged attack. One of, one, one of the attacks is using external forces to come against the body of Christ. The other thing is the most heinous, and that is he uses his enemy strategies from within us, us talking against one another or defying one another or not coming in unity or unification one with another. And he, he, take, he takes his strategies from the outside and the inside. And when he does that, it's a two-pronged attack, and we get thrashed. We get thrashed. So one of the things that I, I, I wrote a book on this topic about unity, and it's out now on Amazon.com. I'll share that title with you in just a second. But Yeah, please do. But the, the, the phrase that he gave me is to be effective and have immunity against the wiles of the enemy. We must have unity within the body. So mm-hmm. a, the, the, a safeguard okay. against to ha- give us immunity is to have unity. And so I, I think when we have unity, then the two-pronged attack of the enemy, of having the enemy function within, is minimized or goes completely away. And when we're a united body of Christ, the enemy without can be vanquished much more easily. Isn't that right, Summer? Yes, and I, I love the 300, that movie 300 analogy, where it shows all of them with their shields up and their backs towards each other. So they are just in this incredible uh, force where they're all, again, standing together as one and fighting the enemy, the external enemy, and getting each other's backs. I just thought that that's such a beautiful picture of how God wants us to be, and that's how we should be in order to uh, deal with with the the enemy of our soul. And, um, you know, today even was a beautiful expression. I, I was part of a global call that my understanding is those that I talk to, those that have been in the prayer movement for longer than I have, said that it is unprecedented. Literally, the nations came together, repented to each other, and 
ask God to knit us together with the love of the brethren. You know, the, the, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ would be bonded together in love and unity. I mean, we had China, people from China repenting mm-hmm. to the U.S., and then the U.S. repenting to China. Air, people from the Arab world repenting to the U.S., and the U.S. repenting to the Arab world. It was this beautiful example of, of the body of Christ, the ecclesia worldwide, humbling ourselves before the King of Kings and releasing uh, you know, repenting, breaking curses, and then releasing a blessing over the nations. And uh, in the spirit realm, I it just felt like the Lord was so pleased, so overwhelmed. So the more that we can see those types of things happening where it's no agenda but God's agenda, there's no, um, you know, room for offense. It has to be God's agenda in this hour if we're going to win. And it seems like he is stirring the hearts of people to come together with that spirit, with that heart posture, so that he can move in our midst. And I, I just, I, my, I know our prayer, all of our prayer is that we will see more of this. But again, it's going to take each and every one of us being aware of those tactics and not giving in. That's right. Oh boy, is that right. You know, that one of the things that I, as I look at the news, I see different denominations having different perspectives on what to do in this COVID issue. And it's probably tempting for these pastors to go, we're doing it the right way and you are doing it the wrong way. What I do is I go, has Holy Spirit directed you to do it this way? Yes. Then fine. Then if the Holy Spirit is the author of this, He's the author and finisher of our faith, and it's not your faith or mine. It's our faith as well, to co- collectively. So if God wants to bring unity in the body of Christ, our job is to hear what the Lord says, make sure it's from him, and do it. And all of a sudden, you'll find people to your left and to your right who have something very similar, or it may be even uh, different from your perspective, but it dovetails together. That's God's plan, isn't it, Summer Ingram? Yeah. It is, and I think that's key. You know, even through this COVID, we've seen some friction amongst the church, but really this unity is the heart posture. It's honoring one another. It's recognizing that everybody's in a different place and everybody's doing what they think God is saying or what they feel God is saying. So the more that we can come together in that heart as well, blessing our brothers and sisters who are being a little more cautious or praying for those who are, you know, like the Sean Foyce who are leading those incredible worship gatherings, um, you know, it's, it's recognizing that we, this is not an area for us to, to argue on. This is a, a time to come together, pray for one another, bless one another, and continue to ask God to move in our midst. Unity is a spiritual thing. We don't, it's, there's power in being together. We know God wants us to be together corporately, but we can also be together in Zoom calls, conference calls. Modern <laughs> technology has made it so that we can come together in unity and spirit, and that, too, is powerful. Yes. Would you mind declaring the spirit of unity over the body of Christ? And because you have been a San Diegan, you can focus this not only in San Diego, but then also carry it over to Washington, D.C., and all the spots in between, and even uh, 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 Hawaii and uh, (laughs) Alaska as well. So would you declare unity over the body of Christ and spend just a moment of time speaking to our San Diego listeners and wherever it goes from there? But we have about a minute or so for you to do that. And then we have an entire final segment for you to tie everything that you said in this entire two-hour period together. together. So uh, be so kind as to make that declaration regarding unity, and then I'll close this segment and we'll come in for the next. Summer Ingram. Well, I'm actually going to pray the, and declare the prayer of Jesus, where, again, it's John 17, 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I, he says, I pray also for those who will who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. So, Lord, we declare over your church that all may be one, just as 
Jesus and the Father are one, and Jesus is in the Father, and that we would um, be in the world, but not in the world, in the world, but not of it. But we declare that as we unite, that the world will know that Jesus was sent by the Father, and that we may be brought into complete unity. It says, though, then the world will know that Jesus was sent, that the Father sent Jesus, and that he has loved them even as you have loved them. Wow. Love that. Oh, Lord, we declare again this unity over the body of Christ. We declare, God, a spirit of unity. And for the supernatural grace to, to recognize the tactics of the enemy, that we'd be so sharp in the spirit, that we'd be quick to repent, quick to forgive, quick to love, and slow to anger. God, that we would be a people who receive this mandate from your, your heart, God, two prayers. This is one of the two prayers. This is something that is very important to you. God, we receive that mandate, that call to unity, and Lord, we declare that it, that it will be so, God, that we will see unity, your people united, organized, and mobilized like never before, and that it will be a perpetual blessing to this nation and the nations. We need the supernatural hand of God to do this work in each and every one of our hearts, and we welcome it. We say, God, have your way in us. We want to be a people who are united, a people who please you, a people with no agenda but your agenda. We want to see you glorified and you made famous in the earth, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Summer's going to tie all these strings together and give you a nice package (laughs) when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego. The live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. I have to laugh a little bit because during the break, we were talking, Summer and I were talking about where this wants to go. And I had a couple ideas and she had some ideas. She goes, let's do this. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit and see where he takes it. And I'm going, how ingenious is that? I'm not surprised. Summer, in fact, I'm going to ask you to pray the same prayer that you did during the break and so our listeners can understand that this is how God works sometimes. When you're not sure of the next steps to take, stop and ask the Lord. So, Summer, would you do that? And let's see where he takes it in this last segment. Summer Ingram, our Washington, D.C. correspondent, and so much more. Summer Ingram. Yes, well, Lord, as always, we want to be in the center of your will. We want to be doing what it is that we see you're doing, and we want to be speaking what it is that you want said. So we just invite you into the segment. We say, Holy Spirit, come, lead us and guide us, help us to hit the mark today. We want to be an encouragement to the listeners. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In Jesus' name. You know, in the Psalms, I love reading the Psalms, Summer, and there's an area in the Psalms, sometimes the Psalm is divided, and the division mark is a thing called the Selah. So you you will see David or one of the other uh, authors of the Psalms say, you know, some illustrious thing, or it may be something that is, you know, I'm a a worm. I don't know what to do, Lord. And then 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 the psalmist says, Selah. And what we just did at the beginning of this segment is we did Selah. And the Selah is basically give just a little bit of time. And when the Holy Spirit ignites you, move further. So some are... Uh, I'm going to, you know, I don't have a problem having just a little bit of silence in a, in a radio broadcast because this is a Salah time and we're going to be asking Holy Spirit to give us nuances. And once he gives us nuances, he will He will empower our steps as we make the first effort. So, uh, Holy Spirit, Summer and I give this to you and we go, Selah. Yes, well, I think, you know, these are... These are exciting times in which we're living. There's so much 
really that God is doing that's absolutely incredible. And we also just have to recognize that these are unique times in which we're living. And I just want to encourage our listeners to be dedicated to consecrating ourselves unto the Lord and be living holy lives, lives uh, that are dedicated to being uh, a glorification of the Lord in the earth, recognizing that He desperately needs us to be examples of Him in this time. There is a lost and dying world out there that needs a true, authentic people, true, authentic church to arise in this hour. And, you know, we don't have anything to fear, um, there, whether we go into more shaking or whether we go into more prosperity. God is with us no matter what, and the best days are always yet to come when we serve Jesus, and we get to we get to uh, know him and to love him and to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords every day of our lives, and he walks with us, whether it be through the shadows you know, of death or through the um, pa- green pastures. He walks with us. We don't need to fear, and, you know, I think we just need to keep that mindset as we go into the days ahead, we're going to do whatever it takes, you know, tell the Lord, we will do whatever it takes to be found faithful. We give him permission to have full access to everything that we are, everything that we do to our lives our calendars and let him move in and through us so that we can partner with with heaven in this time in which we live and see uh, a, a great uh, harvest come in because it really is all about the harvest. Again, we're seeing things that we've read about our whole lives come to pass in our lifetime, and uh, it's it's again exciting times, but times where we need to be sober, vigilant, alert, aware. We need to be prayed up. We need to be united. We need to be uh, all about our Father's business, and so. Uh, again, there's it's exciting times. It really is exciting times, and thankfully we're on the winning team. And again, the best is always yet to come because we serve our risen Christ who is with us, for us, and who has um, given us the victory. Yes, he has our back, our front, our feet, our head, our hands. All we have to do is dedicate them to him and just see what he does through them and through us. You know, uh, I think one of the things that, that you shared Uh, earlier on, Summer, in in this segment, as you said, whether we go through the shadow of death or whether we walk through the green pastures. And I had to smile because we know that that is uh, tied to a specific scripture in Psalm 23, and I think it would be a good idea. I'll just read a piece of this, and then you can use this as your springboard to close uh, what you want to say to our people from San Diego and beyond. I'm going to take Psalm 23, and I'm going to start at verse uh, three, and then read to verse six, and I'm going to hand it to Summer to do a conclusion on this. But it talks about in Psalm 23, we know the Lord is our shepherd and so forth. Uh, he restores my soul, and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you, Lord, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. What a what a in, insightful and uh, uh, um, uh, one, of the, one of the scriptures that really disperses anxiety, disperses it. So, Summer, any thoughts on that? We have some, a little bit of time left in this segment. But I'll tell you what, when you made comment about, though we do walk, there is a shadow of death. 
in, in our face. If we don't pay attention to the Lord, it, all we see is the shadow. We have to know that mm-hmm. there's more than the shadow. There's his light, and let his light so shine that others may see your good work and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Summer? Yeah, so I feel like in America we have made everything else our source of hope and strength and not the not necessarily the Lord. So, you know, again, we face some, we're facing some challenges here, but the good news is, is that many are turning to the Lord. I've talked to many people who've said, you know, through COVID, they've had an opportunity to really spend some time with the Lord, and they've been strengthened. They realize that the things that, the material things and things that they've relied on for so long are no longer irrelevant, that He is truly their source, their source of strength, their source of joy, and that's that's what he wants. That's what he de- desires for us. I mean, he's our healer. Psalm, you know, one to three says that he heals our diseases. I mean, there's nothing against doctors. We appreciate doctors. They do incredible work. But ultimately, the Lord is to be our source of everything. He's to be our first love. There's to be no other loves or idols before him. And so, you know, again, we he he promises to be with us. He promises to to uh, give us everything that we need in order to successfully. Uh, successfully navigate the the uh, the times in which we live and we can do it with great expectation with great joy and with great promise because he is he is good and he is faithful and again my prayer too is that whether we go into a t- another time of prosperity or whether we go into challenges I'm believing for prosperity continuing to cry out for God to give us um, you know righteous leadership uh, not only in the presidency but at the federal and state level but we we need to keep the Lord as our source and to learn from the cycles in the scriptures and to learn from even our own nation, recognizing that it's important for us to stay close to the Lord in the good times and in the bad times, to give him praise always and for him to be the, the lover of our soul. That's really what life is all about. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about strengthening our character, becoming like him and representing him well in the earth. So the more that we can willingly do that, the less we have to go through some of the challenges, if you will. Oh, I like that's so so true, my friend. If you if you're if you're uh, if you're anchored to the Lord, he's, he's he's your hope. Then there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. He's been through it before. He's solved it. So you tag with him, and you win, and the enemy loses. So, Summer, it's been yeah. really a pleasure chatting with you, and my listening friend. We we spent some time in the book of John. Uh, chapter 17, we talked about unity in the body of Christ. I had mentioned that I had written a book. The book title is One Church for a One World. One Church, O-N-E, Church for a W-O-N, One World. And uh, if you do an Amazon search or a a search, you'll find it under under uh, Amazon.com. It's One Church for a One World, Kaz Taylor. So uh, I really invite you to dig into that. A lot of the stuff that Summer and I talked about, God stirred me to put into this book. We've got about just under a minute. Why don't you give an encouragement to our listeners and uh, do not fear because God is here. Ooh, it's a song. I can sing that. Do not fear because God is here. You know, you know. Anyway, Summer, lay it on us and then we will say goodbye to our listening friends here in San Diego. Yes. Well, again, I, my, my prayer is that we uh, never lose sight that the joy of the Lord is our strength, yes. that no matter what we face, that He is our everything, and He gives us the joy to, to enjoy Him and to enjoy one another. And, you know, no matter what, we find that it, it, 
if we lose everything, we still have him, we still have each other, and that's that's what it boils down to. Is Again, it's, um, it's following him and finding complete satisfaction in him. So my prayer is that for each and every one of us, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. Yes. There you have it from Summer Ingram, our Washington, D.C. correspondent. Thank you, Summer Ingram. You're a, a, a breath of fresh air. And uh, you have great insights, my listening friend. Uh, we've had fun sharing God's truths with you. And I've had, it's a real joy for me to get uh, Summer Ingram in an environment like this where she can bear her heart to you. And I hope that you have been inspired. But more than the inspiration, we pray that you take this inspiration and enfold it into your life so God can do what he wants to do through you. So for Come Together San Diego, Summer Ingram and I say so long. Cast Hater and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K-Praise.